Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgham. And I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. On each episode of The Pillars, we pick a resilience topic that we can practically fix any potential roadblock you encounter and finish a better wingman, airman, and leader. Now today we have an interview and we're excited. So Chaplain, tell us about yourself, please. So, Miosha Wilson, been in the Air Force Chaplain Corps for eight years now. Um, started out as a personnel officer. Whole long drawn out story about that, but I have a trauma nurse as a husband. He's active duty as well. His name is Lawrence Wilson, and we have no kids, and we actually enjoy not having kids <laughs> because we have very busy lives. And um, so, we, we've only been married five years, so we enjoy just growing together at this point in and, our lives together. And Jeb Molson, you're currently serving a cyber wing as well. Correct. I am the wing chaplain for the 688th Cyberspace Wing, which is located at Joint Base San Antonio, uh, Lackland. Mm -hmm. However, we have folks spread across 15 different locations around the world. Well, we appreciate you coming today because our wing's very similar. We have 15 locations all around the world and then a number mm -hmm. more when you add operating locations and right. deployments and so forth. So we want to hit some questions about how relationships can flourish and how to impact relationships in that context. Mm -hmm. But we want to know about you first. Okay. So in order to maintain this kind of a job, what does the first hour of your day look like? Okay, so that can vary from okay. day to day, mm -hmm. but typically uh, devotional time is important to me. Okay. And so my devotional time typically consists of me kind of circling a room, a mm -hmm. prayer room. One of the bedrooms in our home is completely empty, and so we call mm. it the prayer room. We don't typically go in there together, but we spend individual time there. So I will most likely be circling that room and just praying for God to strengthen me, number one, because many days I'm tired. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm asking for God to give me strength and I'm praying specifically for the men and women in our organization and the various challenges that they face. I'm praying for commanders to have the wisdom that they need for the decisions that they'll need to make for that day that impact lives and, and futures of our airmen. And also take a moment to either read a devotional. Currently, we're, my husband and I are reading Draw the Circle together, mm -hmm. uh, Mark Batterson. So either a devotional or, or I will tune into Life Church Bible app mm -hmm. and, and oh, okay. pick a plan or just read my Bible. Okay, that's great. And I, I love the fact that you have a dedicated space mm -hmm. uh, for that activity and, and a dedicated time that you'll do it. And one of the things that um, you know, we, we know from psychological research is that when people are exact in, in terms of the time and the space of, of the things that they incorporate into the routine, they're more likely to be consistent with it and becomes more of a, a lifestyle thing. And so that's right. something I, I advise people um, whenever they're training for something or they've set a goal for themselves is um, you've got to make that a priority and you've got to uh, be consistent with it. And one right. of the best ways to do that is have, have that dedicated time, that dedicated place mm -hmm. where you're going to do that thing, whether it's studying or it's um, working on your physical fitness. Right. And so so for you, you uh, place that much importance on your spirituality. Surprise, being a chaplain, right? right? right. Um, but, but you live it in that way that it's the first thing that you do and you have a dedicated space to do it. Um, I'm sure if you were to, well, if and when you go on the road or, um, you know, when something comes up and maybe there's an emergency that conflicts mm -hmm. with that, um, maybe it, you have to adapt and change Absolutely. so it doesn't throw you out of whack. Absolutely. And, and I can feel the difference when I don't. Sure. Yeah. 
And let's say someone listening or watching is wants to start praying. Now, for me, we have a prayer book in my tradition, and mm -hmm. frankly, the reason I needed this, I think my ADD kicks in, and I'll just be off thinking right, of something else. Right. right, keeps me focused. Right, so we'd have mm -hmm. three-hour services. Um, so for you, they will, this person wants to start praying. How do they start praying? Like how? would they begin doing that? My recommendation would be the same way you and I are having a conversation. If I had a gripe or a complaint with you, or mm. if I had a compliment that I wanted to give to you, or if I just wanted to treat you like you are my live journal, mm. instead of me writing out my thoughts, my feelings, my concerns, my worries, my needs, I'm sharing that with you. And so I would just recommend that any given person just start talking. And so if God is that being that they're praying to, my recommendation would be to start with, God, I don't really know you, but maybe I, I'm starting to want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. I have a lot going on in my life right now. And I don't know, there are many question marks. I got more questions and question marks than I do solutions. Mm -hmm. And so help me with this. Where do I turn? Who is a safe person to talk to? How long am I gonna be in this place? And there are many instances where we, don't, we won't get immediate answers to those questions. There are times when I have gotten immediate answers or as soon as I'm done praying, I'll walk out and somebody will come along or somebody will call or somebody will send a message and mm -hmm. they are the answer to that prayer. No kidding. Absolutely, it's happened many times for me. Well, what I think is also interesting, a lot of people have a view of prayer that we are just sitting on the floor or kneeling. Right. And, and I think uh, for those here, I, I know I get on a spin bike and that's how I do it in the morning. Okay. It keeps me awake because if I uh, was on the ground and my right. knees, I would probably be asleep. It's just who I am, <laughs> whatever. And so it, we can pray in multiple areas and you can bring prayer everywhere. And I've even heard that God can hear uh, prayers inside skiffs. Absolutely. I heard, <laughs> I, that's what I've heard. Someone asked me the question. Okay, so a little bit about you too. How did you choose to enter the chaplain corps. How did that go? You know, I had a remarkable chaplain at my first duty station, which was Hill Air Force Base. His mm. name was John Harris. And he set such an example for me of, of being a man of integrity in public and in private. Um, mm. He showed me what it means to not just walk by and say, hi, I'm your chaplain but he spent time investing in people and building relationships and taking Bible study to the units mm. and also was committed to serving a gospel service. And it wasn't just a, man, I gotta get up and preach. It was something that he fasted and prayed about weekly. Lord, what message would oh. you give me to dispense to your people? And so just kind of having a front row seat because I was very active in the gospel service at that mm. time I remember him telling me one time, I imagine, I said to him, you know, I think my husband is gonna be in ministry. I don't know who my husband is. I don't know when marriage will come for me, but I think he'll be in ministry. And he said to me, it could be you that's the one in ministry. And I was like, yeah, whatever, I'm not, you know, I like to serve in the background. I'm not <laughs> interested in, in standing behind a, a pulpit or whatever. But anyway, that he was very, critical in my transition from personnel officer to Lord, mm. what really would you have me to do? And accepting and embracing my call to ministry because I sensed that when he planted that seed, it would happen at some point, but I just wasn't ready, quote unquote ready. <laughs> and so when I had my crisis of faith, if you will, um, I, I remembered how much of an impact he had on me and how mm. much I enjoyed being with airmen and I wanted to do the very same, so I wanted to pay it forward. Absolutely, awesome. and, and he was the, the figurehead 
uh, whom it seems like you're trying to emulate when it comes sure. to for you know as, as a cyber wing chaplain you're um, trying to bring your services to the airmen and to go where they are and serve their needs so could you, tell us, uh, could you tell us a bit about how that works for you in your, your current position right so locally here in San Antonio uh, we recently have had a, a reorganization of our and realignment of our wings the two cyber wings in okay. the Air Force and so locally I have my tradition was to just walk around and talk to people but I found that most people were in their own world at their terminal sure. in their cube and it wasn't working and so one of the things that I began to pray about was Lord how can I reach them? Because I don't know that my standard way of reaching people is working with the cyber population. Hmm. And so he gave me an idea, and that idea is called the Cyber Press. Press stands for Producing Resilience, Endurance, Stamina, and Strength. Okay. And it is a four column document that I publish every single month, and I get helpers around my wing to help write these columns. And so I always cover spiritual growth, our mental health technician covers mental health. Mm -hmm. I get a rotation of people, um, even at one of our GSUs at Tinker. Her name is Crystal Hurd. She often will cover the marriage and family enrichment uh, oh, column. Great. And then the other column I call personal development. So that's from the lowest ranking airmen to even commanders, squadron commanders, group commanders. My wing commander is even written in that column oh, and wow. many civilians throughout the wing. So it's my way of giving them something electronic that they can tune in to, to on their terminal. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised, I was surprised, you might, be, might not be surprised, but I was surprised when I started sending that document, all of a sudden I would get emails and people would say, you covered this in the latest edition. Can I set up a time to come talk to you about mm -hmm. that? Yeah, yeah. I got a, a email maybe two weeks ago from a guy new to our organization saying, thank you for this document. We printed out the last edition and we actually had an office conversation that was very rich about what was in that edition. And so it's making a difference, but that is largely yeah. what has been helpful to me. And it's helpful in and a large then, organization where you have so many GSUs, you can't get out and see everybody right. uh, as frequently as you would like. Uh, we actually have something similar to that in our uh, our wing called the Five Minutes to Thrive. It's nice. uh, it's it's something like that. Instead of doing uh, four different columns per month, we do one column each week. So okay. about the same yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know amount of information. But mm -hmm. um, it's it, you're absolutely right. It's a way that we can try to connect with all of our folks and give them an avenue by which they can they can come to us if and when they need us. Because right. you never know when um, you know somebody's going to need to talk to you. Maybe right. you know we're talking to them. We're in, in person visiting them at one point in time and they're like oh yeah you know chaplain dog nice to meet you but you know I'm good right. and then life happens a few months down the road or even right. a few weeks down the road um, and then they've got that that constant ping from us you know Absolutely. we're always poking them just a little bit so we're there when, when, when they need us. Absolutely. And it reminds me of the word you mentioned earlier, consistency, mm -hmm. which you talked about in the mm -hmm. context of devotion. Sure. Um, however, I found that the more consistent I am with any given program I do, those seeds are planted and, and folks might not come immediately, but at some point down the road, they'll come because they see that consistency. Absolutely. 
Well, uh, we've heard that you've been doing some great things with not just uh, individual airmen, but with their uh, families as well, particularly some, um, I think, some marriage programs that you're doing with right. airmen and their spouses. Could you tell us a bit about that? Absolutely. I would say one of, one of the most powerful things we've been doing is a form of a date night. Okay. So date nights aren't new. But it's called Dinner and a Marriage, and it's a partnership <laughs> that I have with Brett and Kelly Hurst, who are the founders of what's called Home Encouragement okay. out of Katy, Texas. And they host date nights called Dinner and a Marriage all around Houston and in suburbs. And so my husband and I started Dinner and a Marriage here in San Antonio. And what's unique about it is every couple is seated at their own table so that there is intimate conversation that okay. can happen. You know, your standard chaplain corps hosted date night, we're at rounds of, of eight or <laughs> 10, so right? right? That's right. <laughs> and so it's, and let's get up and, and talk a little bit and ask you to have some dialogue. But you mm -hmm. know, people are, are, are afraid to have intimate dialogue yeah. when others are within earshot. Sure. And so the first 45 minutes of dinner in a marriage there is a screen with questions that are scrolling. They're very specific questions and that is the conversation. So when name okay. your couple is like, how was your day? Oh, it was good. Oh, how was yours? Okay, now what? Mm -hmm. So that is their guide of ways to reconnect after a long week mm -hmm. of work and kids and every other thing that has come up in their lives. Yeah. And so they answer those questions while they're eating. And after that, the last 45 minutes is kind of an interactive uh, briefing and discussion. So we'll present on a specific topic. There are okay. slides that accompany that and points where we say couple time. Okay, now this is what we want the two of you to discuss. And so there are, I mean, it's serious topics, sex yeah. and affection, communication, of course, conflict resolution, um, showing admiration to one another, forgiveness, those kinds of things. Are, and that's fantastic because um, you know those date nights are what allows you to continue to get to know your spouse, and even after you know they, they call it the seven-year inch, but really mm -hmm. it starts around like year five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just comes mm -hmm. to a head around right. year seven. Um, but after five, ten, maybe twenty years with the same person, you feel like you know them in and out. Um, and if you're, but if you're consistently doing these date nights, you're. Right. Um, you actually are getting to know the person and, and getting to see as they grow and evolve. Because you think back to who you were maybe 10 years ago, yeah. probably a very different person. Now imagine if, um, you, you said you and your uh, husband have been married for five years, mm -hmm. right? Um, let's say, let's imagine that there were kids in the picture right. or both of y'all were so dedicated to your jobs that you only talked about logistic stuff, you know, like paying the rent right. or, you know, carpooling the kids or getting to work. You only talked about those things. There wasn't any deep or intimate communication. Right. Imagine that started from the point of your marriage and now here you are five years later you've both grown into completely different people mm -hmm. and you haven't grown together. Mm -hmm. And we see that a lot, especially with our male-to-male couples. They're so busy, especially mm -hmm. if they have kids, that they, they feel like they can't make time for those date nights. Um, they're only just you know barely conversing about the logistical stuffs of having a family, and so they grow apart. And then um, you know some big event will happen, a deployment, um, or another family-type issue, um, or, you know, maybe the, the kids grow up and they move away and now this couple looks at each other as, as though they're strangers. Right. This happens all the time. And so I think it's critical that um, that 
you prioritize, not not you in general, but the, mm -hmm. our, our um, airmen prioritize the, right. the relationship and regular date nights, making that a priority in their schedule, being intentional about making right. that a consistent right. part of their schedule is very important. And I love this uh, dinner and a marriage yes. idea because it, it gets to those topics. You know, it gets to those things that people often avoid because there's they're uncomfortable mm -hmm. or maybe it's not the right venue or the right, right. time. Um, it gives an opportunity to actually hash some of these things out yeah, in, a, in a productive manner. So I, I think that that's great. What, what kind of responses have you gotten from people who've gone through those? Phenomenal responses. The one that stands out to me the most, um, after the second dinner in a marriage that this particular couple had attended, the wife initially came up and said, you know, we are the kind, of, we've been married 20 years, I think okay. at that time, she said they had been married 20 years. And she said, we're the kind of couple that, you know, we'll fight and then we won't talk for however many days. Hmm. And the kids see it. And since we've been coming to dinner in a marriage, we've actually been talking about things and understanding where each other is coming from. So much so that we've started to have non-sexual touch affection, yeah. you know, randomly. And our kids have started to say, what's up with the two of you? Like, <laughs> y'all are acting kind of weird. Well, they're starting to fall in love again. Well, Absolutely. They're growing on that emotional intimacy. Absolutely. And one practical thing just for listeners, if you can't get to a program like this, adding those questions in your life. Uh, there was a study done called 36 Questions where they mm -hmm. took folks, mm -hmm. college yep. students, just off the street and they had them ask each other questions in a specific order. You can look it up online, 36 Questions, and they rated the level of intimacy as the highest they'd ever encountered. Random so, wow. strangers. So wow. if, never if, met each other before. If you go on a date and you don't have a program like this wherever we are all around the world, go buy a book. There's tons of books of questions. You can Google relationship questions online and just sit across from your spouse, shut off your phone, it will be okay. Right. Anything right. distracting, shut off your watch, whatever, and ask these questions to each other. Um, so just as a practical way to do this, my wife and I, I travel a lot, uh, married 16 years, known each other 18. We mm -hmm. ask each other two questions every day. Mm -hmm. uh, we text each other mm -hmm. in the morning, back and forth, and some of them are basic, some of them are complex, and I'm still surprised what I'm learning about her. Right. And uh, I, and it's it's amazing how much of a shift it's made yeah. in our relationship. It sounds so basic, so this is such a great principle. What, what other things can couples include in their life to kind of keep a, a close relationship while they're working so much? Oh my goodness. So one of the things, uh, in addition to the two questions that yep. you mentioned you and your wife do, I certainly recommend that. Mm -hmm. um, one question I, I recommend it to many couples is this, how can I support you and all that you have coming up this week? Oh, how like can that. I show you a greater love this right. week than I showed you last week or last month or whatever the case may be? And I think sometimes the first time you ask that question is kind of like, Mm, I don't know. <laughs> right. But if people would give it thought, mm -hmm. they'd be able to identify, you know what? I really miss this about you or about us. Or I really like when we did blah, blah, blah. And can we get back to doing more of that? Mm -hmm. Or I have a really busy week at work and it would be helpful if, if you could handle dinner this week, sure. or if you could do the cooking and I'll do the dishes, or if we could use paper plates this week. I mean, yeah. let's just be practical. <laughs> um, but 
Bottom line, that's one. The other thing is something that my husband and I have, which I believe is very helpful, and that is an email address that nobody else has. It's just sacred space for us to send notes back and forth. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, okay. So whether it's, I mean, I guess texting could also serve that purpose. But if you work in a skiff. Right, but if you work in a skiff, that's a challenge. That is an And so it is, it's ways that we have sent love notes to each other. It's mm -hmm. also ways that we have resolved conflict mm -hmm. because there are instances where I believe I write better than I speak. Mm -hmm. And so if my articulating something just did not come across the way I wanted it to come across, mm -hmm. okay, let's sleep on it. And when I get up the next day, I'm gonna attempt to type out what I meant. Yeah. And he does the very same. And it's amazing to me how we reach resolution, understanding, yeah. and can move forward together by way of using that email account. I'm only smiling because my wife and I may or may not have had arguments over text that we've resolved <laughs> right, that way. Well. I've also learned you should, in thing. the middle of an argument, you should never use voice to text without reading your text. <laughs> oh, no. That's just a safety <laughs> tip I won't go into. Yes. Let's just say that's all. So, so we have to wrap up, but I want to ask just as a final closing question. If you could put a billboard outside of every one of your bases that you have units at, put a billboard everywhere, what would you put on that billboard? What word, phrase, quote? You know, I, I would have to borrow a quote that I saw actually on a billboard uh, oh. around Keesler Air Force Base. Um, and it said, frequent tune-ups often prevent breakdowns. Hmm. Frequent tune-ups often prevent breakdowns. And I believe it's applicable to every aspect of our lives. The spiritual peace, mm -hmm. I think, is, is number one. And so if I am spending time with God, for me, if I'm com consistent in that devotional life, my cup is consistently being filled so that I have what I need to dispense to the airmen who have been entrusted to my care. If I'm taking care of my physical temple by doing what I need to do, mm -hmm. not just because PT test is coming up, <laughs> but that it's a way of life and part of how I de-stress, that's probably going to prevent me mm -hmm. from having injuries and so on and so forth health-wise. Mm -hmm. And the same with relationships, since yeah. we've talked quite a bit about marriage and family, the more we go to counseling just because for routine maintenance, mm -hmm. perhaps that prevents us going down, down, going down the road of divorce uh, for something that we could have been doing tune-ups on all along. It's like an oil change for your spirit, you your it. soul, your relationship. You got it. Thank you for sharing this in Chad Molson. Thank you for your time. Thank, oh, congratulations thank you. on your promotion and your new assignment. And we want to thank everyone for listening today to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgem. And I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. And I'm Chaplain Miosha Wilson. Until next time, we thank you for your service to our nation, and we just hope you have a great Air Force Day. Thank you.